Welcome to Mornings with Martin. Once a quarter, I get this in the mail, the Concordia Theological Quarterly, and it's presented to us by uh, one of our seminaries. This is from the Fort Wayne Seminary, and within it, it has various articles written by seminary professors and others within our church body uh, addressing issues of uh, exegetical uh, issues, like how do we translate this word, or uh, sometimes systematic issues, doctrinal issues, or even just practical, how do we how do, we do this job of pastoring? Uh, so anyway, it's a fun read, and one particular article uh, came into my purview, and that's the one, Creation Accommodated to Evolution, by Benjamin T.G. Mayers, not Mays. Now, <clears throat> Within the article, I thought when I first opened it that this was going to be, uh, you know, the diatribe of creationism versus evolutionism, uh, evolutionism, evolution as the the way in which our world was created, uh, and do we believe in an uh, atheistic evolution or a deist uh, evolution, or do we believe in Genesis one and two, the creation account, and. I, I very much thought that, like, okay, well, this is going to be just lambasting the, the scientific realm and and lifting up Genesis 1 and 2. But it was, it was intriguing to me, and I, we were preparing for the Ask the Pastor class, and that was one of the questions, so I thought, well, great. Uh, so as I read, I discovered it was not about that. Instead, it focused on a man named Herman Sasse and his understanding of the creation account. Now, most of you don't know who Herman Sasse is. He is he lived from the mid 1800s to the mid 1900s. He is still to this day considered to be one of the Lutheran fathers of the faith. So uh, he is one of the the big dudes in confessional Lutheranism, uh, much to the same degree as like a Philip Melanchthon or a Martin Chemnitz, uh, or even a Martin Luther. So it was. Interesting to hear what Sasse had to say about uh, the creation and evolution accounts. It turns out that Herman Sasse, this Lutheran father of the faith, struggled greatly with the understanding of taking Genesis 1 and 2 literally. Uh, he, for the first half of his ministry, he refused. He, he said, no, that has to be taken figuratively. It has to just be you know, more, more, more of like a poetic understanding or, or maybe the you know God has accommodated mankind by not giving us all the scientific mumbo-jumbo but instead just giving us a story uh, but he refused to see it as literal for the vast majority the first half of his ministry he started to uh, to develop to change his mind on different issues by the end he espouses yes the inerrancy of scripture he still struggles with the Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, but comes to the understanding that he is never going to quite understand this, but because it's not a salvation issue, uh, we, can, uh, we can just rest it at that. Now, what's intriguing is I don't think we as Christians, specifically we as Lutherans, do this well anymore. Because there are plenty of Lutherans in the 1800s and 1900s that believed in the inerrancy of scripture and held to the uh, the right understanding, uh, the, my, my, my understanding too, 
of Genesis 1 and 2 as the literal, this is how God says he makes the world. And who am I to question it and say, no, God couldn't have done it that way. Uh, <clears throat> and yet, they didn't ostracize Herman Sasse. They didn't kick him out of the synod and say, well, you're not like us, so you go over there and we'll never talk to you again. Instead, here was this, this big issue, and they still called him brother. They still welcomed him into pulpit and altar fellowship. They loved him and were patient with him. And I think that's something that man, we have lost in our world today, the ability to have a difference of opinion about something and yet still see each other as valued children of God with whom we should continue discussion. Because that's what scripture tells us to do. I mean, it reminds me of, of this passage in, <clears throat> in Galatians. I have a few passages. I have a few, few books open here. <clears throat> in Galatians chapter 6, right? Here's how we are to handle situations like this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. It's verses 1 and 2. So here we are as Christians, Christian brothers and sisters. We may have disagreements on certain issues, and, and yet we need to continue to be in fellowship together. We need to keep on talking to, to each other about these issues and, and treating them as Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, there's another passage for us in uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14, we hear that we are, where Paul tells us, We urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, and help the weak, and be patient with them all. So instead of trying to... And Lutherans are almost famous for this. We're almost famous for uh, if we disagree with the color of the carpet or something silly like that, we say, well... That's it for me. We're going to go somewhere where, where they understand that red is the appropriate color of a carpet. And, or something silly like that. You know, we make different synods for everything. Instead of working through the issue through patience, through gentleness, by talking things out, by discussing them. And that's, that is truly what we are called to do in our families. That's what we're called to do in our individual churches. That's what we're called to do as a synod as well. Uh, it's what we're called to do as just Christians. And so as we uh, go through this world uh, and as we ex experience disagreement, and sometimes it's going to be on theological issues, sometimes it's going to be on political issues or on economic issues or on, I don't know, sports team issues, whatever it might be. Instead of saying, well, I'm going to close you out and never talk to you again, instead of just isolating ourselves to the echo chambers of social media, we're called to expand our horizon, to bring in others, to have those good discussions, and hopefully, prayerfully, we'll end up like a, a Herman Sasse who comes to a right understanding. Uh, but it's important for us to, whether it's on creation or whether it's on anything, to, to discuss, to talk, about the things, uh, to come to each other, not to talk about each other, but to talk to each other about the important issues and come to a, a spirit of unity, bearing with one another.
in patience. So let's let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for the unity that you've given to us as the church, big C church. And yet, Lord, we know there are so many disagreements, not just within different synods, but within different churches, not just within different churches, but within different families. And Lord, we pray that when we do have those conflicts, when we have those disagreements, that you would give us a passion to seek unity and to be patient and gentle with each other. Lord, we pray uh, that this would be the example that the world would see in the church, uh, that we handle things in a loving way, where we're speaking truth, but we're doing so in love. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll see you next time.